Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm Kobe, your political fledgling, and today I'm joined by Diane and Tatan, your political oracles. Guys, how are you doing this fine week? Excellent, Kobe. Glad to have made it to Friday. It has been another eventful, busy, exciting week. <laughs> what a week we've had. Oh my goodness. I don't know how to cope. I mean, it's Friday. Who knows what's going to happen over the weekend? Who knows the revelations of the Sunday papers? I'm terrified of the weekend and uh, dread next week. But for now, for tonight, we have Friday. And <laughs> it's rather wonderful. I, I was, it was quite interesting that at the, start of this, at the top of this week, you guys posted out, hey guys, prepare yourselves. It's going to be a rough one. Uh, so did it manifest in a way that you thought it was going to be before we go into the, into the rest of the sections? Well, up to a point, we thought the Grey Report would be out this week, um, which would have which would have made this turbulent week turbulenter, mm. and instead it wasn't. But it was still. I mean, Wednesday, Wednesday was just out of this world nonsense. <laughs> we had, you know, we had people defecting. We had this kind of turbulent PMQs. We had David Davis, this Brexiteer, this kind of ally telling him to go we had and then and then Boris Johnson stood up and said we're getting rid of all plan b measurements we're gonna we're gonna get rid of self-isolation as quickly as we can I mean that was a massive surprise yeah so it was it was quite it was quite topsy-turvy Diane how was it for you yeah see him and you know we did we had a press conference this week and normally that would be sort of you know quite a newsworthy event and actually it was it could have been an email in the in the day that we had because um, there was so much else going on. <laughs> well, let's lead us on to the first of the regular sections, guys. This is the popularity contest, and this is the part of the, of the show where we look at the most popular posts on the at Simple Politics Instagram account. And as as the guy said, what a week! This week there was a talk of no confidence, uh, Plan B, BBC fees, inflation. We will go on and on and go into those a bit more. But Tatton, can you lead us in with the number three most popular post this week? Well, it's a measure of how much stuff that's gone on this week. That in at three, we have the news that a Conservative MP, a former Conservative MP, Christian Wakeford, the mm. MP for Bury South, left the Conservatives and joined the Labour Party. It's the first time that's happened in 15 years. Well, you may remember just before... Um, the Brexit votes, lots of Conservatives were leaving, but they were leaving to join the Liberal Democrats who have mm -hmm. at least some similar views to the Conservatives. And this time, to, to cross the bench, he only had like a 500 majority, which means he fought tooth and nail against the Labour Party in Bury South in 2019. So it's a huge shock. And yeah, and it's only number three. So, I mean, what kind of comments were you seeing from, from, this, uh, from this post? Do you know what? They were largely, largely negative because it's really hard for people to see how someone who's actually a conservative, who's been standing conservative a long time, can switch to Labour. People are saying, what does that mean about the Labour Party today? Well, how can they say they're different when someone can just switch sides like that? And there are people going for a by-election. Like, like, people weren't that happy with it. And mm. other people were just saying, well, this is, where even are we with politics today? <laughs> like we were all confused as it is. Yeah. How can we how can we possibly cope with this kind of stuff going on? One of the things I love about the Instagram account, the Simple Politics Instagram account, is the people that comment um voraciously. This post had one of my favorite comments ever from a Simple Politics uh, follower to saying, Well, that's the transfer season open now, isn't it? 
And <laughs> I don't know if that's an indicator of other people. It's just the tip of the iceberg, basically, is what I'm, I'm, we're wondering. Well, Deli Ali might go to Newcastle, right? <laughs> so that'd be quite a shock. But it's it's a long way to go. I mean, apparently this guy had been in conversation with Labour for several months, so it wasn't just about cheese and wine. Are more people going to cross? Do you know what? It's 2022. Who knows? I wouldn't have thought so, but who knows? Well, let's go to the second most popular post, Diane. Yeah, this was a, a quote. So our second most popular post this week was Health Secretary Sajid Javid. He was doing the rounds um, midweek and talking about COVID and how basically we're all going to have to learn to live with it, that it's going to go from pandemic mm -hmm. to endemic and we're going to have to get on with our lives. That's basically the essence of what he was saying. And, you know, that was, you know, liked a huge, almost 26,000, 27,000, as I look at it right now, um, times, which which is massive for something that, you know, that Sajid Javid said, to be honest. Um, but I have to be careful here because while lots and lots of people have liked the post, mm. we also, in the comments, have lots of people who actually disagree with him as well. So we've got people who are calling out, you know, the immunosuppressed, the, the vulnerable, like, you know, don't lose sight of them in all of this. In, and also people saying, you know, he's saying this, let's live with it, let's get on with our lives, plan B's, going back to plan A. However, there's still this policy of potentially losing unvaccinated NHS staff. And how do the mm. two things kind of tally up? So lots of people, not 100% behind the quote, but it's certainly got a lot of attention. Yeah, and also uh, unvaccinated Morrison staff. Uh, that seemed to rile a few people. I'm not sure in the in the Simple Politics Instagram account. Morris uh, dancers. Morrison's. <laughs> oh, the supermarket. Not the, yes. not the belly, the belly stick bangers. No. No. No, no I, th I think they're all amateur. <laughs> and I think it's... it's the, the term like is uh, a misnomer in this case because it's just react, really, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, number one in this week's popularity contest, Tatton. Uh, well, taking the number one spot, so, I mean, <laughs> this would be number one. Any, it would be number one for any time in the last two years. Mm. Plan B measures are coming to an end, so there's no more working from home. You don't have to work from home if you if if you can. No more COVID passes, and they were particularly unpopular with Conservative MPs. It's almost like this uh, This was being timed for a time when Boris Johnson wasn't very popular with Conservative MPs. Interesting. And uh, and masks, compulsory masks are going. They were, they've already gone in classrooms, and in communal areas they end uh, on Thursday. Um, Sadiq Khan has said that transport for London, you still have to wear one. But we've seen that when London's the only place where you have to wear one, it's not that the take up isn't that high. You see a lot of people, if you're on the tube, you've always seen a lot of people, even when it was compulsory in a condition of travel, you've seen a lot of people, you've seen a lot of mouths, which should be, <laughs> should be illegal. Um, shouldn't be allowed see to travel mouth. and see your mouth. I don't um, want to see that mouth. Don't want to see the mouth or nose. I mean, people mm. who wear masks mm. with their nose poking out. That, that is, um, it's just, it's just really annoying. No, like, yeah. it doesn't. Anyway, um, <laughs> the comments, the comments were, I mean, equally divided to the Sajid Javid post. Like people were just saying, is it, this is ridiculous. Has it suddenly gone away? How can we have this happen just after this? And, you know, exactly the same about NHS workers. And this is either dangerous or it isn't. It can't mm -hmm. be 
sometimes dangerous yeah. and sometimes absolutely fine. A lot of, uh, of debate, discussion as to whether it's too soon. A lot of people saying, finally, at last, uh, we can just go out and, you know, lick faces or whatever. Um, <laughs> so a divided nation being reflected in a divided Instagram comments section. I think in, in in support of this in some ways that the, the rates are going down over the past few days. So that's, I don't know, something to look forward to. They are going down, but they're going down to 100,000 a day, mm. which is quite a few people. I mean, it's, you know, like over, over the five days you isolate, that's half a million people isolating at any one time. Yeah, substantial, a substantial amount of the population. It's a lot. Okay, guys, we're going to lead on to... The Thursday debate. Every week on Thursday, the Simple Politics Podcast's Instagram account sets you readers a debate topic. And this week was, how would you bring down the cost of living, Tatton? So the cost of living has been in the headlines a lot. And again, if it wasn't for cheese and wine and COVID measures, this would be the big story at the moment. Mm. And it is for a lot of people. Um, the SNP have a debate on Monday where they're almost certainly going to talk about the cost of living in the House, in the House of Commons. The ONS figures show that inflation is just soaring up. It's like a 30-year high. It's um, Things are getting more expensive. And people like, there's a big tweet from tweet Twitter thread from Jack Monroe uh, saying that actually those figures don't even touch the sides of how big the problem really is and that people without much money are facing much bigger bills. So it's more, life is more expensive if you don't have money than it is if you do have money because mm. basics products are becoming more expensive or for the same price you get less. Whereas the M&S example Jack Monroe gave was the M&S dine-in for two for £10 has stayed exactly the same. So it's not it's not right. And people, the people who can take the blow the least are the ones who are hit hardest, which I suppose is quite similar to the COVID debate about the immunosuppressed. Mm. We're seeing the most vulnerable in society suffering the most. So there is some talk about it not being the best way to, to measure. Um, but why is it measured like that, Diane? Okay, so I'll, I'll try and do my best to make this as simple as possible because it is, it's quite a complex one and it's one that I'm sure definitely if you've done economics at any point, you'll probably have an exam question on this. But we use the, the, the inflation figures that we're at this week. It's called the Com Consumer Price Index. And basically how it's calculated is um, they take um, a load of, of basically a, a sample range of products from each kind of segment of, of stuff that we might buy. And um, they track that basket of items and how much it costs over time. So say there's, you know, an, for fruit, there's an apple in there, for example, you know, they'll track back and they can tell that that exact weight of apple was X amount this month, but six months ago it cost, you know, whatever. But what it doesn't do, it's quite a blunt instrument because it doesn't take into account, well, what if that apple gets a bit smaller or it's poorer quality or, you know, any of mm. that, that, that is just not in that calculation. And also it's very personal, this stuff. It's almost like you could have your own personal rates of inflation. It depends what you buy and the certain products and things that you go for um, and your situation. So it is definitely a blunt tool. And, and I think that's kind of definitely what Jack Monroe was alluding to. But however it is measured, it is rising. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was kind of knocked for six by the Jack Monroe uh, Twitter thread. I 
one of those points, it's one of those moments you kind of realize I kind of checked my privilege uh, and, you know, that, that I can have a £10 meal for two, which isn't that expensive to me specifically. And that's, and that'd be a luxury for people. And, and in Jack's thread, she was talking about the cost of basic rice almost doubling or, or that kind of magnitude. So that's not 5% increase, that's 100% increase in those metrics. And that's when, so when you talk there, Diane, about the mm. almost having a personal, uh, CPI, that would be really interesting to me to see how families are affect, families and individuals are affected by that by that change. And I, I'm sure there's some way of doing that. And I think that would be that would be really insightful. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that this is set against the fuel price rise, mm. which which has often been they've often talked about fuel prices going up and then gone. Well, actually, it's kind of five p on the tank of petrol or, or, or whatever it is. They're, they're, they've talked about it in a big way, but it hasn't impacted as largely um, as, as as they suggested. But now, these are real rises that are causing mm. real pain, and the government has no idea how to deal with it really because they've got lots, so many options. But what they want to do is give money to the people who need it and not a penny to anyone else. And all of their tools are quite blunt instruments. Like it's really hard to reach the people who are choosing between heating and eating, which is just the most awful yeah. choice and giving money just to them because the country can't really afford to give everyone, you know, whatever, however much it is. So it's a, it's a really interesting question. What's frustrating for a lot of people as well is if you look at Westminster this week, and look at all the hullabaloo and all the shouting and all the, you know, everything that's been going on. We're not discussing this. We're not discussing what are the best solutions to help cost of mm. living. Well, tune in on Monday afternoon. The SNP Opposition Day debate is almost certain. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's almost certainly going to be on that. So uh, we will see a debate in the House of Commons on Monday. And also we're debating on the Instagram account. So what kind of comments did we have? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um, okay. Looking at the uh, some of your comments, absolutely, there was a lot about tax, as you might imagine. It's it's obviously quite a, a a common response that people have that something should be done about taxes when it comes to this. And um, there were several things, but actually, for the first time, I noticed there was quite a lot around tax on second homes, which mm. is maybe you know, coming through a bit more and more that basically second home ownership is contributing to a rise in the cost of property and rent and just the unavailability of, um, you know, yes. quality housing for people. Where I live in Whitstable, there are, like if you search right now for a two bedroom, three bedroom flat to rent because you have a family, there is literally not one that comes up. But if you search for a two or three bedroom Airbnb, you mm. get hundreds and hundreds. So it's not just second homes. Any property that comes up in Whitstable, because so many people want to come to this town to be near the Simple Politics HQ. Um, <laughs> and maybe the C as well. So many people want to come to this town. As soon as a flat comes available, it gets snapped up by people looking for Airbnb rather than and so people who want to live in Whitstable have to pay exorbitant rates uh, rents or they get pushed out to let's say Hearn Bay next door and then Hearn Bay rents go up as a result so it has this knock-on impact uh across across the East Kent coast yeah yeah and dit ditto for North Devon absolutely yeah um yeah. some I other mean, ones it's the SP pool. <laughs> 
It is. It's like a magnet. Um, okay, some other ones we've got here. One is um, around cancelling the NI change that's due to come in in April. That was from the Rent Life who who said, you know, that's another thing on the horizon for people mm-hmm. that, that's coming in in yep. April 2022. Um this one I really like because it's just so different. Um, so John Array three 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 has said, you know, there's a lot of a lot of talk around nationalising different things, but why don't we have some kind of national bakery? And um, I absolutely love the idea of you know providing mm. really you know decent bread at you know he suggests twenty p a loaf, but you know something that provides something and a kind of national food production. Yeah, bread was one of the products that uh, Jack Monroe talked about that has gone up immeasurably. Well, measurably, obviously, but uh, super unexpectedly. Um, so something like a national Brit, um, Quango, would be interesting, certainly. And, and and this this is why I love SP and love SP followers, because we've got the idea of fa- found a national bakery, nationalising baking bread. Like, what, a, what a, an amazing thing to nationalise, you know. Um, I might make some focaccia this weekend. I don't know if I should then pass it round and we can all have a bit. Um, Would Paul Hollywood be able to, you know, verify as a good focaccia? Would you get, do you think you'd get um, the Paul Hollywood uh, handshake? No, I would not make it into the tent. <laughs> but the point, but, you know, that's big government doing the right thing, providing bread for people. But Manfi said in a free market economy, things will eventually reach an equilibrium again. So do nothing. This idea of the long run, John Stuart Mill's the long run. I think it was John Stuart Mill. I think that um, people who really know their philosophy probably hate me right now. Maybe the same as they hated me before. This will sort itself out. Free market economics works itself out. I mean, John Maynard Keynes said there is no long run and it definitely mm-hmm. was him that time. And it's, it will find its way through. So in these two comments, we see such a broad range of opinion mm-hmm. from centralization, nationalization to laissez-faire. Le- economics. Laissez-faire, yes. Mm. Um, let, let it run. Um, we have one more comment there. It's probably worth touching on, Diane. Yeah, so yeah, another comment just for... Uh, absolutely and another look at it from married michael who said the best way would be to spend our way out you know invest in social housing invest in low carbon electricity and in upskilling the workforce so you've got to actually you know government have got to again spend some money but it's central government doing that to try and elevate alleviate the situation joe manor keynes keynes joe manor keynes Mm-hmm. Um, that, there we go. Married Michael slash John Maynard Keynes. Spend, 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 spend. Uh, may, maybe Married Michael is just uh, John Maynard Keynes come back. Maybe. And maybe. this time called Pseudonym. Michael and this time also married. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but what a great range of comments this week, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, really yeah. great. And it, it, I, I, just to reiterate again, you guys put the posts out there, but it's the comments that definitely keeps me coming um, every 10 minutes to see if there's another post by you guys because I love, I love reading the comments to see what, what people are saying. It's our community. The SP mm. community is just, they're just the best people. I, you know, I love them. And I think people use that phrase a lot, but I genuinely love our community. I think they're wonderful people. Hi, everybody. My name's Helen. And I'm Kobe. And we're from Flixwatcher, a podcast in the strip media family. 
We are a movie podcast and we review films that are just on Netflix in the UK. So if you've ever struggled to find a film on Netflix to watch, we're the podcast for you. We have guests on from other podcasts, big and small, just like these guys that you listen to now. They choose the films and we rate them and discuss them with our unique scoring system. You can find Flix Watcher on any podcast app by searching Flix Watcher. That's F L I X Watcher. And if you want more information about any of the other podcasts in the Strip Media family, just visit www.strips.media to find out more. Let's head over to section three Bills, Bills, Bills. So normally we go through a bill that's coming up in Parliament uh, in this section, but it's not a bill that's really at the forefront of our minds. It's a report on parties that we're waiting for. <laughs> Tatton. Yes, uh, there's 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 not that much business, not that many bills going through the House of Commons next week. So uh, we've got to talk about the big issue, which is this Sue Gray report. And uh, I think one of five things is going to happen. Number one, we're not going to get it next week and we're stuck and we'll be back here doing this podcast next Friday and uh, in, I'll be crying and um, it'll just be a very sad time. So we're, we're hoping to get it next week. Every, everyone needs it. it with the, the government can't keep saying we're waiting for the report and Keir Starmer can't keep saying resign, resign, resign because it's just... They say, no, I'm not going to resign waiting for the report and he says, no, resign. And they say, it goes around in circles. Let's hope it comes out this week. Number two is it comes out and it says, do you know what? The PM's done nothing wrong. Like he was running the country during this massive pandemic and yes, there was a party, but he was just going out to thank people and no one told him and he hadn't thought about the rules particularly because he's going about his business and he's done nothing wrong. And the PM will then come to the House of Commons and say, I'm really sorry people are upset, but the report said I've done nothing wrong. And he just carries on and life is good for him. Option three is it finds some dodgy stuff. It's like, well, you know... You shouldn't have done that, should you? You shouldn't have been in that party. You shouldn't have been having cheese and wine. And he's like, yeah, okay, I've done, okay, I have done this. But what about the vaccine rollout? What about the getting rid of plan B? What about not having extra um, restrictions, not not having people in stadium? What about that stuff? And he's kind of, yes, he's done stuff wrong, but there's a few caveats in there that you can wave around and say, no, I'm going to carry on and maybe enough Conservative MPs will be like, yeah, okay, okay, let's let's go over this. Let's focus on what he has done right. Let's move on. And then we get to four and five, which are, this report says, dude, there were parties in number 10. You made the rules. You were out there. Come on now. And so that's what the report says. You get your 54 letters in, you get the vote and no confidence, and then all the Conservative MPs vote whether they want him to be the leader or not. And he's said he will contest that vote. He will fight that vote, which means that next, as early as next week, we could have this vote of no confidence and he will be out campaigning, 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 shaking hands, talking to the backbenchers, and he could win. And if he wins, he is rejuvenated. He yeah. f- goes for... Um, uh, kind of a phoenix from the flames, again, talking about those vaccinations, talking about the lack of restrictions, talking about how we're such a wonderful country. And he carries on. He will still face ridicule from the country. Anyone that's on social media will have seen meme after meme after meme after meme laughing at the prime minister, mm. right? That won't go away. 
for some time, maybe over the months, maybe once we don't have to self-isolate or whatever, maybe we will kind of gently, as a country, gently forget, gently get over it. Option five is the report says it's damning. The report says you've done the wrong thing. The report says, you, of course you were warned there's going to be a party. And he, they has the vote of no confidence and the MPs vote against him. In which case, he goes. In which case, he's no longer Prime Minister. And there's a leadership contest. If you can just take a second, uh, Diana Tatham, just explain why, these, why 54 um, votes is important. Because that might be something we're talking about this time next week. Yeah, so it's the, it's the rules within the Conservative Party that it's 54 letters. Well, it was 54 letters until um, we had the defection this week. So I just, it's still 54. So it, it's, it's still 54. Yeah, okay, cool. So still 54, and that's because that's 15% of the Conservative MPs. So it's that it's the threshold. 54 is not a random number. It's 15%, basically. And they need to write a letter to Sir Graham Brady, who's chairman of this 1922 committee, which is, um, you know, a, a, a quite an influential committee of, of backbenchers. And he gathers all the letters. It's very, very secret squirrel. So nobody knows what he's got. He doesn't tell anybody. Um, although there's all sorts of rumours abound about if there's three, seven... 30, who knows? But until he's got the 54, he won't trigger anything. So, mm. yeah. So that's what needs to happen to get the vote of no confidence. But once you get the vote of no confidence, it's just a simple majority of Conservative MPs yeah. that will decide. Yep. Guys, I hope it's not number one because it's, this is this is tense already. This is tense already. Mm. No, we don't, we don't want another week. <laughs> No. Um, no one knew who Sue Gray was you know, 10 days ago. Now everyone knows who she was. I, I don't know what, does she feel happy about that? Does, does she feel happy that the lens of the world or the lens of the UK politics is on her at the moment? Imagine the pressure. Mm. Imagine the prime minister knows they're going to like, yeah. and, and she reports the prime minister. Mm. Like, so she, she, he's her boss. Mm. And she, you know, she's famously rigorous and isn't going to, you know, like I'm not suggesting that she'll she'll fix it for him. Just imagine the pressure of knowing your decisions, your findings will mm. change the course of this country. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel for her because, you know, as well as the, the, the you know, the looking at her professionalism and her track record and things like that this week, there's been, you know, who's Sue Gray married to? What does Sue Gray like doing at the weekend? You know, it's just the... The actual, oh, the lens of that, to have that yeah. on you must be horrendous. Yeah, but what does she do at the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to Google that now. Country yeah. and Western, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Well, let's head over, guys, to section four, the random choice. And we can go anywhere in this section, any topic that feels particularly relevant. Diane, I'm going to lead off with you this week. Yes. Yeah, so it's got to be about the defection, hasn't it? I've actually written deflection here, but I meant defection. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
also the PM deflected quite a lot this week. So yeah, I think that's fine. You, you know, yeah, yeah we, we, we had the massive switcheroo, didn't we? Uh, of, of, you know, someone going from the Conservative Party to the Labour Party seemingly overnight, which is quite the ideological shift, which, as Tatton alluded to earlier um, when we went through the posts. And yeah, that raised a lot of questions, you know, as to whether whether that should happen, really. Yeah, so we've got we've got the uh, political Freaky Friday. And <laughs> so the question is, should Jamie Lee Curtis be allowed into, like, the 16-year-old ball? Like, should that be allowed or not? Should that be stopped? Because in, inside is Lindsay Lohan, right? Who, well, he's got to go to the ball. Um, and that's where we're stuck. We're stuck at this question. Is it okay for a um, Conservative MP who the good people of Bury South chose to elect Conservative MP? And let's not forget, like, yes, they elected. His name was at the top, but he was voted for because he was a Conservative MP. No one really knew who he was. I mean, like in most constituencies where you haven't got a high-profile MP standing, mm. you don't know who your candidate is particularly, unless you're one of the 20 people who turned out at the hustings in a church hall. So is it okay for him now to be a Labour MP? Or should there be a by-election? Should there be a chance for the people of Bury South to go back and vote again and say whether they really want him to still be their MP, now he's Labour. And Jacob Rees-Mogg suggested that was something he'd like. And it's, it, it's we talked about um, economics A-level earlier. Well, this is a politics question. To Are people voting for the party or the person and mm. all of that stuff, which if you're not studying politics A-level, and I would imagine you probably aren't on balance, it's a bit dull. So, the, I mean, the, generally, the question is, should he stand again and say, this is who I am, I'm now, I used to believe in the free market, I now believe in nationalisation. It used mm. to be about, let's say, fair economics, now it's about bread for the people. Is that okay? How does that work? How's he changed his mind? Um, I forget, how, how did they? How did they get into each other's bodies in Freaky Friday? <laughs> how did well, that like, happen? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember Freaky Friday specifically, but there's, there's like, Two people touch a an enchanted item at the same time, um, at the right place, at the right time. It tends to be, I, I can't remember Freaky Friday, I don't know, Diane. Or, or a really strong wish, a bit like Big, you know, with the, <laughs> uh, with the oh, unplugged. Oh, Big, yes. Yeah. yeah, it could have just been a really hard wish. <laughs> I should point out that uh, Big is not a body swap film, it's an, it's no. an age up film. Um, it is. Film. It, never, never do a podcast with a film expert. <laughs> All right, yeah. never do that. He ruins <laughs> everything, this man. <laughs> yeah, it's not this because Freaky Friday. Oh, yeah. we, get, we get the point, Kobe. We understand yeah. what you're saying. It's just annoying. That <laughs> <laughs> you're um, right. <laughs> oh, you're definitely correct. Yes, for me, this is it's a, it's a bit about precedent. What what if Jacob if JRAM gets his way, will that set a precedent for all for subsequent people who may or may not want to deflect? And triggering a by-election because that's that's a pain in the ass. Will people just is that is that? It, it, it's interesting because um, if we take the example of uh, UKIP, there was a bit of time when MPs started to deflect to UKIP and Douglas Carswell mm. um, deflected to UKIP and had a by-election because it's like it's the right thing to do. Nigel Farage unveiled him as the new UKIP guy, and it, and, and his Clacton constituency in Essex uh, were like voted him in again, and he was he was uh, for, for for a bit, and then Mark Reckless 
also defects a UKIP and he chose not to have a by-election because he thought he'd lose. And, yeah. and so it is that personal choice at the moment. What Jacob Rees-Mogg wants is a bill that says, no, 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 it's fine to defect. Of course, we're not going to stop you changing parties, but you have to go back to your constituents and say, vote for me again. I think it is about, you know, how much people believe that he now stands for everything Labour, how much they believe that he's actually got Labour values. And some of the Labour mm. Party are actually questioning that. Although Keir Starmer was very happy to welcome him with open arms and bring him over just ahead of PMQs, which was the great coup for him to, to have him. You know, um, there's a lot of, of factions within Labour who say, take a look at the guy's voting record. You know, he he hasn't suddenly forgotten all those things that he stood for. But he took the Conservative whip. When you sign up to be a Conservative, you sign up to vote for the Conservative thing. So you don't, actually, you don't necessarily agree with everything, but you're voting the way you've been told to, to get the things that you do believe in. Mm. And he's now going to take the Labour whip and he will vote the way the Labour Party tells him to. So it's very hard to look at someone's voting record. There's people who like to do this, but it's very hard to look at someone's voting record and then say, well, they, they hate this or they stand for this because a backbench MP mostly does what they're told. A lot of MPs have never voted against their party because mm. they believe in the party's overall structure and they've, they've signed up, they've made that contract and they believe in going forward and doing it. I just want to make a quick note to everyone who's listening and Simple Politics Instagram followers and commenters. Tatten, Diane, how can people support what you guys do? Because it's all there for free, isn't it? This podcast is for free. You don't have to pay for this podcast. How can people support what you're doing? So we are donation funded. So everything we do, we, we don't want to make people pay for. We want it to be free for forever. But donations are, are, are how we keep going and keep doing what we're doing. So if you can support in any way, you can head to helpsp.co.uk and chip in and we'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we, we do. We do really appreciate it. And, and donors are just so generous and kind. But I think it's really important to add as well, like we've been talking about the cost of living crisis and mm. a lot of people can't afford to donate. And I get people sometimes donating and they will write, I really can't afford anything more than this because I like this. And if that, you know, your support and telling other people and getting other people on board, that's really, really, really special as well. Um, of course, if you've got, you know, if you've got 100 quid lying about, burning a hole in your pocket that you'd like to give us, that would be really brilliant. Thank you. But if you can't, if you can't afford anything, then just your, your support means a lot. Absolutely. Well, guys, let's head over to the final section. Crystal ball. Okay, so the final section is crystal ball. What will be the big stories coming up next week? Diane. Yeah, I'm just going to shotgun it straight away, as I always do. Um, it's obviously going to be <laughs> Sue Gray. It's going to be what does Sue Gray like to wear? What does she eat? What does she do on her evenings? It's all going to be about Sue I Gray. Would, I would like to have Sue Gray's uh, ideal menu uh, laid out to us next week, please, Diane. I want to know exactly what she eats. Does she eat pheasant? I want to know. Oh, you got to be careful for the shot in that, don't you? There's always shots. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I'm going to get a Sue Gray t-shirt just to get full hyped up uh, <laughs> for the report. Sue Gray. Um, Tatten. Uh, COVID. I have to say, I, I have to say COVID every week. 
um, COVID. It is going to be COVID because it's going to be more details about Plan B going on Thursday, mask-free. We, we should still wear masks. The, the Prime Minister said it's it's. I mean, he's relying on like the goodness of the British people to still wear masks. So not completely mask-free, but all that's going to happen. We're going to talk about ending self-isolation. Um, COVID, 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 COVID. I'm going to say that every week until <laughs> I think November. Um, sure. But there is also, I've been told to say something else because Diane sometimes kind of writes <laughs> writes bullet points for us. I'm not supposed to say COVID this week, but then I'm always going to say COVID. So you've if gone I get rogue. The program, you've literally gone rogue. <laughs> I've gone. I've gone rogue. Uh, I don't. I don't even care. In the law, there's stuff in the Lords next week. Um, the police, the policing. Can you tell how, how not into this bit I am? Uh, in the Lords this week, there's various bits, and the policing crime sentencing, police crime sentencing and courts bills there. The nationality and borders bills there. These are highly controversial things. The mm. Lords are going to make changes. The government will be defeated in them, and it won't really be reported in the news because there's so much other stuff going on. And but what what happens is, the Commons pass these big bills and then they go off to the Lords and the Lords make lots of changes and they're not really noticed, not really talked about until they come back to the Commons. And then we look at the way they've been changed and the MPs will vote on the changes that the Lords have made and that's crunch time. So they're kind of back in the factory being hacked away at by the Lords at the moment and then they'll come back. But also the crystal ball is COVID. <laughs> well, let's see if we'll be talking about COVID or the Lords hacking away at bills, um, trying to pass bills. Diane Tassink, you say thank you very much to the listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and if you're not following us on, on the Instagram account, at Simple Politics, do head over there. We're at Simple Politics. Um, join in, comment, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye.